uh, this time. Um, if you weren't here the last time, I, was, uh, I must have been in a destructive mood because I destroyed a whole bunch of stuff up here. And uh, there were shards of, of pottery all over the place. And uh, we didn't have to call emergency or anything, but uh, probably close. Um, but I, 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 this is one of those, this is one of those times, and I'll share with you that I get so much out of the preparation, and um, I'm truly blessed by the opportunity here to to share with you. Um, if you have your Bibles, uh, open them up to Matthew, and uh, we're going to go into Matthew five now. Because I'm not an administrative type person, I don't have any PowerPoints. So now you know my weakness. One of them. One of the many. Um, administratively, I'm not, I'm not too good. But, uh, but if you've got your Bibles, and if you don't have your Bibles, just, just, just listen. So we'll do five, uh, Matthew 5, 15 through 17. And this is what we'll use as kind of a basis for, for the message today. So Matthew 5:15 through 17. It says, um, well, let's start with 14. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light, let your light shine before men, that they may, see, they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. And then if you uh, look at that next one, next verse, it says, Do you think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets? I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Uh, let's pray real quick. Father, we just give you thanks uh, again for, for this opportunity and bringing us together to worship and praise you today. We thank you, Lord, that, um, that you have uh, shown up in our lives in a real powerful way. And, Lord, we just pray right now that you reveal your, your truth to us and uh, that everything we hear right now, Lord, is of you. Uh, let you be the one who gets all the glory. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Um, the double doors kind of opened up into... Uh, into a kind of a lobby type thing, and um, it was it was really before they had the sensors up there that opened the doors for you. So we had to push push the doors open, and we pushed the doors open to a corridor of uh, ind individual rooms along um, along wide hallways. We uh, passed the reception area, and we we passed the nurses station, and. Um, uh, off to the chapel we, we would go and, and lead an afternoon service of praise and worship. And um, one by one, the residents would, would come in. And some would come in, when, you know, able to, on their own, come in. And others would come in having to be wheeled in because their mobility was, was uh, limited or none. Um, the hymns of praise and worship we would sing and we would just... Give give praise to God and 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 these 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 children of advanced years would sing just sing beautiful praises to God and uh, it was just really neat as they would sing loud and clear these songs of their of their youth 
of their youth and they somehow they were able to just praise God and there were if I remember right there were hymnals in there that we would use and things like that and this was a long time ago the songs would rise with with hardly an effort even though on a daily basis they needed help with everyday activities and yet they could sing these praises to God they could shine this light they could shine this beautiful spirit of God coming through them in their worship and praise um, somehow we were able to access that part of the brain that re- where God resides where they were able to, to access where God was and we were able to somehow in uh, the blessing of being able to worship and praise and lead them in that we were able to, to, to access that part the broken bodies and the minds compromised by dementia praised and loved God with all their being and we were the ones that were blessed, weren't we? We were the ones that were blessed. Blessed by such a devotion of these children of God and this was perhaps over 30 years ago. I was only five. But uh, I think that's another... Yeah, Sandy was only five, too. It's one of my other weaknesses. I lie a lot. Um. <laughs> but I, I do like Forrest Gump. So. Um, Bill was bedridden and advanced in some kind of sickness. And... Um, the disease had taken a toll on this on this body, this big man, and he was a big man. The skin of his arms were bruised from just a, you know that simple touch. You know how it is with elderly. You touch them and they bruise, and that's how Bill was. And he, as he lay, his his frame was his his frame was tall, and his hands were massive, and he lay in this bed, unable to really do anything. His skin was so soft and gentle like his spirit. You know, I, I, it brings me back to the memory of my great-grandmother. I was fortunate enough to, to know my great-grandmother before she passed away. And, and her hands, when she would grab a hold of my hand or touch my face or touch my arm, she would grab, and you know that's, that softness. It's like the, it's, it's almost as if they had their hands in... Um, in lotion all night right you know what I'm talking about it's that soft that soft skin and that's how Bill was Bill had this this skin that was so soft and these massive hands and this spirit that was just so gentle and and we we you know he lay unable to care for himself with this some disease raging in his body close to death and frail Bill shine the light of Christ he shined the light of Christ he was laying there on his back he shined the light of Christ sparkling in his big eyes clouded by the cataracts you picture it this was Bill he and his caregivers welcomed us into the story of Bill into his in, in, the story of Bill as a child of God that's what we were blessed, so blessed to be part of 
You see, we would go down the long, sterile hallway to Bill's room and share some worship and praise with him, really to share God's love, really to praise the author of our story as it related to Bill's story and Bill's favorite song. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the world thy hands have made. I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. And then what goes on? Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. And as we would sing that song and go verse to verse to verse, Bill's frail frame would, would get stronger and his voice would get stronger and his boom, he was booming in his praise for God. And we would sing that song. And as it goes on and it goes on and it goes on, there are a number of verses. And then that last verse, Bill was almost out of that bed singing, wasn't he? He was just singing to the top of his lungs. And, and he would sing that last refrain. Then sings my soul, my Savior, and this booming voice, God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior, God to thee, how great thou art. And then we would all go, how great thou art. How fortunate we were. How blessed we were to experience that Spirit of God coming through that broken body and that frail body, but that strong spiritual man. And we were the ones that were blessed. I do wonder, you know, after we, you know, read a psalm and a prayer and we said our farewells till we meet again, I do wonder if I will see Bill again. And I'm sure I will. <laughs> Another bill I met the other night. Again, I you know, I guess it's because I'm only five eight. Uh but everybody's tall to me. So, you know, I met another Bill the other night and, and really he he is a tall man. He's my age. And um He's, he was feeling called to go into the ministry of some kind. Um, and I was talking with him, and, and some of you know that I'm, I'm feeling that same calling. And I, uh, and I was talking to him and just kind of getting an idea of what, what he's doing. And he's uh, uh, finishing up seminary down at Hood Seminary in Salisbury with a Master's of Divinity, and he's going to be 50 this year. And... Um, He's preparing to be a chaplain in the prison system. Wow. Wow. <laughs> God has him on quite a journey. And we talked at length about what it meant to have Christ live in us to accomplish his, person, his purpose through us. We commiserated on the fact that when 
that when we focus on our own stories of trials and tribulations, of fears and our, our sorrows, of disappointments and worry, we really turn away from God and focusing on God because we're wrapped up in our own stories. It's at that moment that we are bound up by the world. See, It doesn't mean that we aren't believers. It just means that we have turned away from focusing on the story of God to focusing on the story of our own lives apart from God. What can we do? What can I 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 do? I must not be doing something right. I must not be doing something right. And on and on and on and on it goes. So we turn our, turn our we really kind of, it's almost as if we're like the, the prodigal son. At that very moment when he goes to his father and he says, I want my inheritance now. It's that moment that Bill and I talked about. It's that moment that we said that was the focus on that young man's story. That's when we focus on our own story and our own struggles and we stop focusing on the story of God. It's in that moment that we are bound up by the world and it's trouble, not free, not free to take the joy of Jesus. And it's at that time that we need God the most, isn't it? John uh, 15.5 is the... Um, John 15.5 says here, uh, well, we could go from 15.1, says, I am the true vine and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So in my self-reliance and my uh, selfishness, in my sin, I turn. And apart from Christ, I can do nothing. Hmm. Wow. That really hits me. You know, that really gets me. Just as the branch is separated from its supporting vine and it cannot live, let alone produce any fruit. I mean, you know, forget that. It just can't live. So we are helpless when we are not connected to Jesus, the source of our hope. The source of our hope and our salvation. There are many times in my life uh, that, that um, well, Sandy and I have an opportunity to talk with one another uh, when we're passing in the hallway. And um, uh, it, it's, it, it's a fun time when we get to do that. Uh, but we, take, we steal moments every now and then when we can just kind of talk. Uh, 
And um, we weren't even together when I get this phone call. And she says, I've been worshiping all morning. I'm on my way to Durham. She was almost there or even there. She was sitting in the parking lot. And she said, I was thinking about what you said about uh, living, having Christ live in you. And I put in my notes here, a wise woman said to me that total dependency in Christ brings freedom. When we choose a life apart from Christ, away from dependency in Him, we lose our freedom. Wow. Truly, truly, that is truly a profound statement. Total dependency in Christ brings us freedom. When we choose a life apart from Christ, away from dependency in Him, we lose our freedom. We're bound up by the world, by all that stuff in the world. We lose our freedom. It's only through the dependency on Christ that we experience this freedom. So what does this freedom really look like? This living in Christ through us living as though Christ is living through us. What does this really look like? If we are to live abundantly with Christ, then we, we really try to take on the character of Christ, see? Because what we... What, and this can be... This, I think this can be somewhat complicated because we get rid of ourselves and we create that vacuum where Christ fills and then we start to to meet the world as Christ would meet the world. And that brings us freedom. That brings us freedom. Because we're not bound by the world anymore. What is the character of Christ? The character of Christ. And there's a number of verses, and and, um, I've written them down here. Um, John 8, 12. John 8:12 When Jesus spoke again to the people he said, "I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life." So what is the character of Christ in there? It's light. It light it 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 illuminates our it illuminates our path. It's like if this building, since we don't have any glass in here, if we turn all the lights off, it would be completely dark in here, except for some little LED lights on our phones and such. But anyway, it would be dark. And it's if Christ has a beacon that step that goes in front of us as we walk, and as we walk along this path, that's the character of Christ. So if we take that character of Christ on, then we become a light to whoever we meet. John 14:16-17 And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, and he lives with you and will be in you. 
the character of Christ in that is he's truth the spirit of truth truth it's this 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 whole this whole idea this whole concept this whole aspect of Christ speaking the true words of God because he is God it's it's being able to say God loves you so much that He's willing to do anything to have you be in full fellowship with Him. That's the truth that Jesus is talking about. So if Jesus lives in us, then we live as though, we have the freedom as though we really believe that. That truth that He has given us. That's what we... That's what we, we internalize, that truth. And then we're able to, by whatever we do or say or act or however way we are, then we're able to, other people are able to see that. So that, the very nature of Christ, the character of Christ in us, then becomes our nature and our character. We are no longer the person walking away, but we're the person abiding in. That's, that's, that's what character of Christ is. If you look at 1 John, First John, little books towards the end of, of the New Testament. 1 John 1, 5 through 7. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. The character of Christ. Again, light. Again, no darkness. Again, truth. And then fellowship with one another. Purity. Purity of our sins. Do we sin? Do we sin? Yeah, we sin. And we feel really bad about it. When Before, when we weren't in Christ, we would sin and we didn't really give a hoot. Now we give a hoot. Now we... We, we know when we've sinned, we confess our sins, we accept the forgiveness and acknowledge the forgiveness of Christ, and we move on and then live in Him some more. See, that's the difference. 1 John 3.16 says here, it says, uh, 1 John 3.16, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Wow. Now we're getting some serious stuff about the character of Christ, aren't we? You mean I have to lay down my life for my brother? Hmm. Well, let me think about that a little bit. Let me think if I really want to do that. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> 
it all builds, see? And as Christ illuminates our, as he illuminates our path, we then live in him. And if we have him in us and he is willing to die for our brothers, then we must be willing to die for our brothers. Now, you could say that's a physical death. Certainly, you could do that. But why not wrap our arms around our brothers and take their sin upon us, take that sin to the cross and be crucified and die for the sake of them? That's dying for our brothers taken on their sin, not that we're the Savior, but Christ through us, offering up our brothers to brothers and sisters to, to Christ so that they can experience the true life in Christ as well. So we essentially die for them. Hmm. 416. I love scripture. I just love it. You know, it's it, let my words be few. I'm speaking a lot more today than I really should, but four sixteen. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in Him. So the character of Christ is love. Now we're getting to what, what we probably have, have heard our, all of our lives. God is love. And so Christ, the character of Christ in us, we love. We love. We just love. I encourage you to kind of think about that one and how God will lead you in loving others. Of course, in Galatians, we have a couple of different, different verses. It says in Galatians 5, 22, 23, um, I think all the... Um, uh, I think all the Rainer kids could could recite this one. Uh, 5:22:23. I should get Caleb up here. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. That's a big list. So Christ, the character of Christ. The spirit of the, the, the fruit of the spirit is the character of Christ. So what do we focus on? In uh, Corinthians. Two more here. Corinthians ten. By the meekness and gentleness of Christ I appeal to you, I Paul, who am timid when face to face with you, but bold when away. By the meekness and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you. The meekness and gentleness of Christ. Hmm. 
meekness and gentleness. That's that gentle spirit that I was talking about, Bill, earlier. The meekness of Christ. And then Ephesians 5, 8 through 11. One more here. For we were once, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. What a neat thing. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. So take notice here that we cannot, on our own at all, on our own, live the character of Christ. We can't do it. We don't have the capacity to do it. So the focus isn't on, oh, I want to be kind today. Forget what I was yesterday. You know, thank God that I was, I was you know, forgiven. But uh, I'm, I'm going to set out to be kind today. I'm going to set out to be gentle today. Uh, I resolve that I'm not going to I'm not going to drive 10 miles over the speed limit, just five. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've got to back that up a little bit. You know, I, no, no, I'm going to drive the speed limit because that's a, you know, that's, and I honor, you know, the authorities and so forth. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. No, that's the wrong focus, see? The focus is I'm going to rest in Christ. I'm going to, I'm going to wrap my life into Christ. I'm going to rest in Him. I'm going to be the Mary in the story instead of the Martha in the story. I'm going to absorb the character of Christ in me so that Christ can actually do the work through me. And if, if Christ puts somebody in front of me that particular day, then, uh, on a particular day, and I am kind and gentle and loving then I am showing the character of Christ and what a neat place to be what a great place to be so you know I've said this before you know Second Corinthians 5.17 says therefore if anyone is in Christ he is a new creation the old has gone the new has come Praise God on that, right? I am so glad about that. I have said it before, there's no formula for this life. There's no formula for this. Uh, and if I try to teach you a formula for success in living that, you know, Christ living through you, I would fail and so would you. So the, the point is, you know, my, you know, what's the story here? How do we, for each of us... We're all unique. We're all unique, and God, God has created us a special way, and He will use us all differently to meet His purpose in this world. Do you agree with that? We're all different. And, and really, you know, I could, I could talk about all, all parts of the body. You know, we could go down that road. I'm not going to today. But, but that really, we're all different in here, and Christ will live in us differently because 
His grand plan is to meet people in where they are. And everybody is not in the same place. So we have to be able to be flexible to allow Christ to work through us. And that's really the freedom that we experience. We don't have to worry about the next step. We don't have to worry about what's around the bend. We just live and are confident that Christ is living through us. If we invite him in, we have to invite him in. So what is the story of our life apart from Christ? I know that my story, apart from Christ, is like, it's like gears. If you imagine three gears trying to work together and one isn't working very well, what happens? It's a mess. The grinding and the binding and eventually it stops, seizes up. That's how my life is apart from Christ. When I reject his life in me, then I am like those gears that get out of, out of sorts and I come to a screeching halt. I fail and become in, uh, ineffective as a servant of God. That's me. I don't know your story. I know mine. What is the story of our life with Christ living through us? For me, there's an unexplainable sense of peace among the turmoil in this life. It's hard to describe. I have the assurance of His presence and His light. I look at people differently with the eyes of Christ, the compassionate eyes of Christ. I seem to hear the cries of those who are hurting or in trouble of some kind a little bit differently with the ears of Christ. My heart is more sensitive to following Christ instead of leading Him down my road. You ever been there? Where we want to lead Christ. Come on, Christ, I'm going down this road. You're welcome to hang along with me. You know, Tag along if you want. If you can keep up with me, Christ, then that, that's cool. But I'm going down this road anyway. Boy, have I done that. I've done that a whole bunch. You know, and I don't want to do that. I want to be able to follow Christ instead of trying to lead Him. So we have to somehow be in tune with that. My thoughts are consumed with resting in Jesus more than they are in doing, doing the work. Now, will I do? Will I do? Absolutely. But it's Christ doing through me. It's not me doing. It's Christ doing through me. And that's what, I, that's what I'm getting at here. The story of Christ in us is about being transformed because we invite the Christ, the anointed one, into our lives to accomplish His story through us and among His people. Allow me this uh, to bring an encouraging word to you uh, about the life of Christ in you. The story of Christ in you is the freedom you have to live abundantly because Christ is abundant and how He loves you and how He loves others and how He loves others through you and how He loves others so that they can love others. 
And that's the abundant life of Christ living in you. The story of Christ in you is to love God and to love others as yourself. To look at your neighbor with the eyes of Christ. Try that this week. If you haven't done that, try that this week. I'm going to really think about that this week, aren't I? (laughs) To hear those cries, those people that are in trouble. And I was thinking about it earlier. A friend of mine, I was talking to him last week about it, another tall guy, he's six five or something. I must have a real complex. Um, or I just hang out with tall people, hoping to it rubs off. Um, but he was talking, he was wondering if he ought to take coffee to his office. And we were talking about this, this, this letting Christ live through you. And I said to him, I said, now, this is more than what would Jesus do? Because... Jesus wouldn't go into Starbucks and well maybe he would but you know the point is is that showing hospitality appreciating his staff is a Christ-like thing to do he was compelled to do that he wasn't doing it in order to get some kind of reward from that but he was compelled to do that that's what I'm talking about what are we compelled to do because we have Christ living us that's what I'm talking about. So maybe it's going to Starbucks. Maybe it is buying the person behind you their coffee. <laughs> maybe it's something like that. I don't know. See, I can't give you that formula. But Christ, working through you, will lead you in that direction. It's not about me and my doing. It's about Christ in me and His doing. That's really what, what we're talking about today. today. This story is about following Christ in his story in God's amazing love for his people and how he gave his only son for us to die and rise again to new life preparing a place for us it's not about leading Christ down our road it's about following him in the road that he has chosen for us it's about living not about doing because Christ will do the doing through us. And that's really what it's all about. The story of Christ in you is the story of letting our light shine so that before others so that they may see our good works, the meekness and gentleness. Think about that. The righteousness and truth of Christ. And then they will glorify our Father in heaven. That is the story of Christ in you. And I praise God for for that story. I praise God that, you know, I, I thought about so many things that we could talk about, but I praise God for that story of Him living in us. Because then we can truly, truly live the story of Christ.